0: We're located in the Mark and Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Suite C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. (laughs) So if you want to turn to Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. And it says in verse 13, And he went up on the mountain and he called to him those whom he desired and they came to him and he appointed 12 those he made named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons he appointed the 12 simon to whom he gave the name peter james the son of zebedee and and uh john the brother of james to whom he gave the the name of uh, Barnegus, and that is the son of thunder and andrew and philip and bartholomew and matthew and, and thomas and james the son of Alphaeus and uh thaddeus and and simon the zealot and judas iscariot who portrayed him let's pray father god we thank you so much for uh today i do want to lift up the rosas family and just pray for his brother-in-law who's in the hospital right now um and I just pray for his health we pray for his niece as well. Uh, both of them are, are are not doing well, and so we we just ask Lord for your your healing hand to be on them, um, and and also just to be with uh, with Jimmy's mom as well. Um, and and there's just a lot going on, and we just lift him up, Lord. We we appreciate that he was here and that he taught here and he's got the youth retreat coming up and, and I just pray Lord that you just continue to strengthen him and comfort him uh, in this time. It's always hard when your family's in California and you're here um, and, and the worries that's there and, and, and we can all we can do is just give it over to you and pray. And so I just pray that you'd be with Jimmy and Steph and the girls and, and just bring comfort to them today. Uh, we pray for Calvary uh, divine, we pray for the city, uh, we pray for uh, for Marcus and the family and. And we pray for your word today, Lord. We're going to learn about the, the, the calling and us choosing to follow and how important that is. Uh, and so I pray, Lord, if there's anyone that, that hasn't made that choice to become a follower of yours, that they would today. I pray if there's anybody that's struggling, that they would understand, hey, there's grace and God loves you. And you need to just repent and get up and get moving again. It's okay. Uh, And I I just pray that you would understand that through this word and and look for application for each of us, Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to each of our hearts. And we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So I entitled this Apostles Appointed. We'll look at it in three parts. The answering the call in verse 13. Uh, assignment of the 12 in verses 14 and 15, and then the appointment of the 12 in verses 16 through 19. So last week we had the great crowd uh, that was surrounding uh, Jesus, and as, as he had to have the boat there, just in case, because they were what they were pressing in on him, and he, he could be crushed. Remember, he's fully God, fully man. And, and so now the crowds are gone. The great crowd is gone they've seen what they needed to see they've seen the show and that's how it is for a lot of people They're, you know, they, they come and, and they, they want to see something be done uh, through Jesus but they don't really want to follow and, and that's what happens is you had people that were there to see Jesus heal people you had people there to see demons be cast out you had people there that were uh, there for, uh, to hear Jesus speak but they didn't follow they, they took <clears> off <throat> And now we have a smaller uh, group that's with Jesus. As we look at verse 13, as we look at answering the call in our first verse, it says, "And he went up to uh, went up on the mountain." So, one of the things that we get when we look at Luke chapter 6 verse 12, and Luke chapter 6 verse 12, it kind of gives us a a, a little more information on what happened when he went up to the mountain. It says, "In these days he went out to the mountain to pray." And all night he continued in prayer to God. So what Jesus is doing is he's seeking God's direction for who the apostles are going to be. And he has these followers here. He's called some, right? He called a couple fishermen already, called the tax collector. And 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 then uh, what we see now is he's going to be calling the apostles, uh, and, and they're going to be... The representative of the early church minus is Judas Iscariot and and so one of the things I want to talk about for us real quick is just we need to understand the importance of prayer when we are making decisions in our life like when we're praying like I, I have no clue It's like when we were praying about that trailer I have no clue where the trailer is going to come from I just know we need one and man, sure enough, God through a conversation was like, "I, I got a trailer, what kind of trailer you need." I said, well, "I, you know, anything that would elevate the, you know, so that they would be up a little bit, so if there's people could see." And and I was just that quick. The next day, I, I think we were here Sunday, and it was the next day that prayer got answered. And then next thing I know, Marcus called and says, "Hey, we got power." And I was like, "There we go. You know, everything's moving the way it needs to be moved." But we need to remember that, uh, you know, God tells us to keep knocking, to keep seeking. And and one of the things I love is I, I remember a pastor, uh, an old pastor used to say, you bloody your knuckles on the doors of heaven. You need to keep knocking on that door and, and until you start having, hey, I, this thing, I, I, Lord, I need your direction on this. Even if that starts bloodying those knuckles, you mm-hmm. just keep seeking, you keep looking, you keep asking God, Show me in your word. Keep, show, you know, I need you to pray for this. Can you start praying with me? And, and so for us, one of the things that we, we need is we see Jesus do this. And we, back in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, because he goes out to a desolate place and he prayed. But he's showing us the dependence that we're supposed to have in prayer. We should have. And in, in, in John 14 verses 13 and 14 it says whatever you ask in my name this I will do that uh, the father may be glorified in the son if you ask me anything in my, in my name I will do it now that's not saying that, that Jesus is a genie he's going to give you whatever you ask what that means is what your hearts aligned to what God's will is and God's going to be glorified through that and so, but one of the things that we should be doing is seeking God in prayer in our decisions, in our process of decisions. And, and, and that, that will change your direction of your life so much. I'm telling you, if you start doing that, it, it'll help out so much. Because that's one of the things that most people neglect. They jump in head first, and then they go, well, where's God at? Well, you never prayed. You jumped and did your will before you sought God's will. And, and so, spend time in prayer, very important. And he went up on the mountain and he called to him those whom he desired and they came to him. And so, Luke calls to him the apostles. And, and so, he's going to be sending them out on a mission, but he's also going to commission them to do the work. So, God will never ask you to do something without equipping you to be able to do it. So, when you take that step of faith to do it, God will equip and help you to accomplish that mission. But you have to be dependent on Him. You know, it's one of the things that we look at. I, I love that He says He called to Him. And we're going to talk a little bit about why Calvinism's wrong. And, and, and this is very important because what happens is we tend to get away from the Bible. And start looking to man's theology. And that's what Calvinism is. That's man's theology. Everything that we need is in biblical, through the Bible, biblically there, in scripture and context. And and when we go through these verses, I want to make sure you understand the calling that you have to choose to follow. He called them, but they had to choose to go. And it's the same for us. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, and God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against you with its legal demands. This is set aside, nailing it to the cross. And, And so, one of the things that we see is that we are dead in our trespasses, we are born with this sin. Adam, that's who's responsible for it. Not Adam and Eve. God held the man responsible, so Adam. So every person that's born into this world is born with sin. They have the sin nature. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. And I want you to make sure you catch the word all. Everybody, right? We all have sin. We all fall short, uh, short of the glory of God. We all do. We all need a Savior. Don't let somebody try to tell you that you don't. You don't. At the end of the day, you need Jesus. Because you're spiritually dead in your sin. You're a slave to that sin. So he's calling us. It's it's that moment. And one of the things that we have to remember is that we have free will. So is is everybody predestined? Is everybody elected? Yeah. But you have free will. You have to choose to follow. You have to choose to follow Christ. That's where people get hung up. Don't let somebody tell you, well, I'm elected. How do you know? Right? Right? I know I've been saved. I was there. I know that Jesus came and saved me. And it is is God that saves. You didn't save yourself. It's Jesus that saves. And and it's the the Holy Spirit that ushers you into the relationship. Shows you that you're, hey, you're, you're a sinner. You need a Savior. And it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to, to uh, the nations. It's like I knew you before the womb. But one of the things I love is he's saying that I'm going to call you. But see what Calvinism does is they try to tell you that you're predestined, that you that that only some are elected. <laughs> We all have the opportunity to come and know Christ. Everybody. Everybody. And so what we need to remember is that man's theology is man's theology. God's word trumps man's theology. Romans chapter 10 verses 8 through 10. Y'all know the verse very well. It says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That it is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart of one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's whoever. Whoever responds. Uh, uh, And and, uh, can a sinner resist the call? Yeah. It happens all the time. I did it for 39 years. I did it for 39 years. But see, Calvinists don't believe that. Hey, you were always elected. No, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I, I denied Christ, denied Christ, denied Christ. And finally, I remember sitting in church and, and having the word wash over me and understanding that, hey, I'm a sinner. And this good first bad thing, that's not going to work. Because <laughs> I always thought that I, my good will outweigh my bad. It won't work. I always thought maybe I'll just be good enough just to 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 skate into heaven. No. That's not how it works. John chapter 5 verse 40 says, "Yet you refuse me to come to me that you may have life." You refuse me. Does that sound like free will? Yeah. See, a Calvinist can't argue with that. Because it's in scripture. You don't have if you're if you're elected, Then you what's the point of having free will? Right? But see what happens is is he says in that verse, you refuse to come to me. And there are people that refuse. They have free will. You study spiritual uh, scripture doctrinally, and Jesus said, But you miss the point entirely because you missed me. Whoever, John chapter 6 verse 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Does that say whoever's elected? No. This is very important because this is a theology that's being taught that's corrupting a lot of people. It's, it's a mess. And that tells you right there, whoever comes to me. God also draws us. That's what God did and saved me. In John chapter six verse forty four, it says, "No one can come to me, uh, can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on that last day." God shows you through the Holy Spirit, hey, you're you're guilty. You're guilty of your sin, and the penalty of your sin is death. And the Calvinist favorite verse is John fifteen sixteen. This is the one they'll pull out to you all the time. But if you actually read John fifteen sixteen, it's taken out of context. It's taken out of context because it's actually talking about the apostles as they're being sent out. It's not talking about us. It says in John fifteen sixteen, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask, ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And, and what that verse is dealing with is apostleship. It's not dealing with you being pre-elected or predestined. He's saying that you're going to produce fruit and, and you should have godly character. That's things that should happen as you're justified. As, when you give your life over to Christ, you're, you have salvation. And then you're justified as if you j- didn't sin. Justified as I did not sin. And then you're sanctified as you go through the process until you're glorified and go home with the Lord. And then people will say, well, Judas was a mistake. Did Jesus make a mistake? Because why did he pick Judas? Because if he was elected, he didn't have what? Free will. Well, Jesus don't make mistakes. Look at John chapter 6, verses 70 and 71. It says, Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He knew. He has foreknowledge, fully God, fully man. But Judas still had the free will of not doing it. He spoke to Judas the son of uh, He spoke of Judas the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So, who's salvation for everyone? Everyone, anyone can have everlasting life if they choose to follow Jesus Christ, if they repent of their sins and ask Christ into their heart. And John 5 verse 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And then we see in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as count uh, count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that you should perish, but that all should reach repentance. See, it's saying there that, that God is, is slow, is not slow to, to fulfill His promises or as to count slowness, but is patient towards you. That patience is, is that the majority of, of followers, the majority of people will choose and deny Him and will not get on that narrow road. They won't get on the narrow road. It's for anyone. Anyone can come to know Jesus. It tells us that in the last, and near the last chapter here in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, it says, The Spirit and and the bride said, Come, and, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Come. He's for anyone. And so be very careful with man's theology and calvinism and we're going to get more into this when we get into calvary chapel distinctives because we got to talk about calvinism and armenianism and we'll go through that very deep and very much detail uh and and because sadly it's it's causing a lot of people problems because they, they they you know i'm elected i don't need to do anything i can live the way i want and it just is a mess and, and you have to choose to, to follow Christ. He's going to call you, but as the apostles, what did they do? They came. He chose, but what did they do? They came to Jesus. And that's the same thing for us. We have to choose, as, as Christ says and calls us, we have to come to him. And, and that's why I love the verses or the, the worship that we had today. It matched so perfectly because we are all sinners in need of a savior and and if you if you've already chosen to follow him and you're stumbling and you're bumbling your way through life it's okay it's part of sanctification god loves you and wants you to get back up and and just repent and start following him again because there are a lot of people that sit in churches on on sunday that don't know if they're saved or not even though they said the prayer <coughs> They've asked for forgiveness of sin and they just sit there trying to figure out, am I saved? Because they're struggling with some sin or they're struggling. You know what? The fact that you're sitting in church, the fact that you're asking for prayer for it, the fact that that's the Holy Spirit trying to move you back to that relationship, and it's okay. You have grace for the journey. It doesn't mean that you can just sin, it just means that you understand the cost of that sin. And, and guess what? You were born with that sin nature. You're, the moment you give your life to Christ doesn't mean from that point on you're not going to sin again. Because I remember that I gave my life to the Lord the next day I tore the house apart. And I thought, well, that was, that was quick. <laughs> I'm done. And somebody had to explain it to me. It's like, no, Mike. It's, it's okay. You know, you're know, you a young believer. And, and one of the things I love about these verses is you're going to see these apostles make some goofy mistakes. And as young believers, you know what we do? We make some goofy mistakes. We say things that are out of the blue. We say things where, or do things where where people are going, man, you know, but you show grace. You show grace and you love on them. And you help them. That's part of discipleship. and And so that's one of the things I love about these verses is Not only is Jesus going to appoint and give them authority, but he's going to teach them and spend time with them because they're the early church, minus Judas. This is how the church is going to get started. Verse 14 and 15, Appointed to serve with authority. And he appointed the twelve whom he also named apostles so that uh, they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons very important you see there that he's going to send them out to do what to preach and cast out demons so they have to have power and authority to do this and so he's going to send them out it was uh, for for us we're being sent out as well we're supposed to go and I, I love ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 20 because it kind of gives us the foundation of what jesus did with the apostles it says in ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 it says so then you are no longer strangers aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of god built on the foundation of the apostles and awesome you're you're, you give your life you're on that foundation with the apostles and the prophets christ jesus himself being the cornerstone but you have a, a call as well to to share the gospel for us in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19-20, through 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I love this because what we see is Jesus is going to take these men and he's going to spend time with the apostles and the disciples, because remember, there's still more that are going to be sent out. But the apostles are the ones that he's really going to focus on He's gonna spend time, he's gonna spend time eating with them and walking with them and talking with them and, and and it's that relationship that he has with them that he wants to have with you. It, that's what it's about. It's a relationship. And there's no substitute with you spending time with Jesus. You should be doing that. He wants to hear from you, he wants to, to speak to you through his word. It's a relationship. He wants to know what's going on in your life. He wants to, if you're, that, that beautiful song, just a little longer. Just give me just another minute with you, Lord. That's how we should be, desiring that. Spending time in fellowship and prayer and in and, and His Word and, and, and at the same time just meditating and, and just being quiet, slowing life down to be in His presence. He says that he's gonna. He might send them out to preach, and then uh, he's gonna do what? He's gonna send them out with authority too, and have authority to cast out demons. So he sent them out with a, a authority and power. He 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 licensed them to do this, and and God uses us and does this a lot, and we see this in in Amos chapter seven verse fourteen and, and fifteen. It says Amos answered uh, said to Amaziah. Uh, I was no prophet nor a prophet's son but I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs but the Lord took me from following the flock and the Lord said to me go prophesy to my people Israel now Amos same thing had a choice right God tells him to do what go is he a preacher no is he is he a pastor no a worship leader nothing like that he's not involved in temple worship he's not He's just a herdsman. And He deals with uh, the the sycamore trees. The figs. And and yet God says, I'm going to use you. And that's how it is for us. He uses any of us. Just like these apostles. Just like these apostles. He uses the, 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 the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. But He also says, Go. And when God says go as a follower of Christ, you have a choice to either go or not. And and you, the word no Lord should never be said. Because if He's your Lord, it should always be yes. If He's the Lord of your life, it's yes. You take that step of faith. You trust that He's going to equip, and, and if He's sending you out, He's going to provide everything that you need. He's going to commission you and at the same time He's going to to set set that mission forward. And you know what's going to happen? Sometimes the stuff's not going to be provided exactly when you need it. So why? You go to Him in prayer. You seek Him and you say, Hey Lord, you know you said you were going to send me to do this and, and what's happening? It's the authority that we go out. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We have it. And yet we don't want to go out. And God is wanting to send us. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then that's where He tells you to do what? Go, therefore, and make disciples. You've been given authority and power and it resides in you through the Holy Spirit. You, you have the ability to to go out and share the gospel, to, to, to share your testimony. Some of you uh, probably have never done certain things in ministry and it just, that's God. And you see people stand up and you go, man, where did that come from? That's God. That's God moving in that person and God using that person. But that person has to choose to, to go to answer that call. We have the authority to preach. We have the authority to pray uh, for healing. We have the authority to lay hands on the sick. We have the authority to cast out demons by laying hands on them. We have no authority, but Jesus does. But we can lay hands on them. A lot of people won't do that. They get freaked out when you... Man, let me tell you something. It's scary. But you better be prayed up before you go do that stuff. Because you're going to hear some stuff that just makes your skin crawl. And all you can do is just, you go in and pray. All you can do is trust that God, whatever God's going to do, God's going to do. But you have that power in you. You have that authority that's been given to you. What are you doing with it? That's why, you know, Joe would always tell us that people are you're gonna to want to go talk to David, or you're gonna to want to go talk to Solomon, or you're gonna to want to go talk to all these different people, and they're gonna to want to talk to you and ask, but you had the Holy Spirit in you. What did you do with it? You had the power, you had Jesus residing in you. And what did you do with it? And so that's one of the things we need to remember is we're you know, as we're uh, being appointed to serve, because we, when we choose to follow Jesus, we're called to serve. All of us. We all have a gift. At least one. And we'll talk about those too when we get into Calvary Chapel Distinct as we talk about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we look at the last verses here, and at the appointed 12 in verses 16-19. through 19. He appointed the 12, and, and we'll start with, with Simon. The, the one thing that you do need to, to just kind of focus on the first three groups are the most intimate those are the guys that that jesus spent time with especially the first three or four they're those first first group of four uh, they were the ones that go out on the mount mount of transfiguration with them um and and, and then that's when again peter opens his mouth and says hey it'd be good if we we did such and such and make these tents and 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 it's like this is, and then god speaks and it's like shut up peter because <laughs> that's not what was supposed to happen but that's what we do as, as as young believers we're learning i know there were times when i probably people were probably thinking what is wrong with this dude you know but they they people spent time and discipled me it was very important and that's, that's important for us. So, when you have a new believer coming to the church, that's something important to, to, to give grace because they're going to say something, do something where you go, oh man. And, and you just, you, you got to talk with them, love on them, and, and say, hey, you know, let me show you what it says in the word about that. And, and, and it's just part of it. And these men, what I love is this was the most diverse group of people. And it's a, it's a reminder to us like what the church should look like. You know? These guys were... were they wouldn't have been picked. Like if you were going to pick a group of men to lead a church, these guys would not have been in your pick. A bunch of fishermen? Right? Just think of Deadliest Catch. How many of those guys have been arrested? Right? Are <laughs> or, or, or you got a tax collector. Nobody wants to work with an IRS worker, right? You got a couple of zealots. That would be the equivalent of somebody. This would be hard. Imagine you happen to work with an Antifa member who's come to know Jesus Christ. Or a patriot who's come to know Jesus Christ. Most of them know Christ already, though. Or either a BLM member that just came to know Christ. And that's who Jesus picks because they had a zealot now all three of those are zealots for different things right but we one of the things that's going to happen is they're going to be a zealot for Christ they're going to be their zeal is going to come for the Lord but what it is is Jesus takes all these men and they're going to be the early church a group of men that never would have probably hung out together right a group of men that never would have hung out together so should, how, how should the church look? Should we have a white church or a black church? No. The church should be diverse. You know what your church should look like? Walk into H-E-B. Walk into Walmart. It's a group of people, right? That's how the church is supposed to look. That's what the church should be. They're not supposed to be segregated. That's never supposed to happen. Just something from this that I got when I read this, because in the South, that's a big thing. There's the white church over there, and there's the black church over there, and there's the Spanish church over there. And guess what? That's not how it's supposed to be. When I came to church at Calvary Chapel, you know what I found? It was a a diverse group of people. It looked like H-E-B. It looked like Walmart. And that's how it's supposed to be. Right? Right? And I love this because he's going to send these guys out. He's going to send them out, and and you know what we see. And I'm not going to go into a very extensive breakdown of each guy, because reality is, is you're going to learn about them as we go in the Book of Mark, and you're going to go, oh, that was Peter that said that, (laughs) because Peter usually does that, right? Uh, You're you're going to see the sons of thunder when they when they when they they do what they do. But Simon Peter, actually the, the, the word Peter means rock, right? And yet a fisherman. And, and so we see Simon Peter uh, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 to 23. He said to them, uh, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him saying, answered him, uh, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, uh, for you, uh, for flesh and and blood has a, has not revealed this to you, but uh, my Father in heaven, who is uh, who is in heaven, uh, and I tell you, you are Peter on this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. And you go, man, Peter's awesome, right? Well, a few verses down. <laughs> Jesus is telling them what's going to happen. He has to go to the cross. And what does Peter say? And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying far be it from you Lord. This shall never happen. But Jesus is Jesus. But he turned and and said to Peter get behind me Satan. You are a hindrance to me for you are not setting your mind on the things of God but uh, but on the things of men. See how quickly things turn? That's, That's a young believer. One moment they're you're like, man, they're going, they're running, and then the next moment, what did you just say? <laughs> but that's, that's part of growing. Think about your kid. Your kid doesn't always respond the way you want them to. That's part of growing. You know, that's, it's part of learning. And, and as a believer, you're, you're going you're gonna to fall sometimes. You're going to hit the, you're going to trip over the wires, I, like I almost did with court this morning. I was clumsy, man, almost knocked the whole thing down. And, and that's, that's part of us learning and growing, right? How'd you learn to walk? By falling a lot. So don't beat yourself up if, if you're struggling and in your relationship with the Lord. It's okay. God loves you. He wants to, He wants, like he's telling you what? Set your mind on the things of God. Set your mind on the things of God. We see James and the son of Zebedee, uh, the, the known as the sons of thunder there, right, in verse 17. We see that because in Luke chapter 9, verse 53 and 54, it says, But the people did not receive him because, this is the people of Samaria, right? The people did not receive Jesus, uh, receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And the disciples, James and John, saw it and said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? not Jesus do you want to but can we can we tell right this is the sons of thunder okay these are the people that are the apostles but they're going to go on and you see the that time they spend with Jesus and how much they grow and how the early church is going to come from these men except for Judas then you have Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus Uh, Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot so uh, we know Andrew was Peter's brother and Andrew was actually different than Peter's brother because he was a he was a quick he he was a better thinker he didn't respond right off the cuff like Peter would just say it and Andrew wasn't that way because remember when they were feeding the 5,000 it was Andrew in John chapter 6 verses 8 and 9 one of his disciples Andrew Simon Peter's brother said to him there is a boy here uh, who has five barley loaves and two fish but what they are uh, what they are are for so many and so what Andrew does is he says Jesus this is what we have right because Jesus asked him the question and Andrew was the one who said everybody else is like we don't have enough money and Andrew was the one who goes this little kid has this much you know but that was, and and that's goes to show you that not every brother is the same as the other brother. So Peter, quick speaking; Andrew, slow thinking, and 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 speaks in a manner where he's he's intelligent in the way that he's trying to solve the problem. You know, and so different, same brothers, but different, right? Uh, and then you have Philip. They're they're from the same city of Andrew and Peter. In John chapter one verse forty three and forty four, it says the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to him, "Follow me." And now Philip was uh, from Bethesda and the city of Andrew and Peter. And so Philip also knew the word because when Philip grabs Bartholomew, Bartholomew, which is the surname for Nathaniel, okay. So when you see Bartholomew there, that's actually Nathaniel. And so John chapter 1, verse 45 said, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses and the law, and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So we know that Philip understood the word because he was able to say, This is the Messiah. And he knew that because of what? Being in the word. And, and, and then how does Nathanael respond? Who's Bartholomew, mm-hmm. right? John chapter 1 verse 46 says again these are guys that are going to be the church Uh, Nathaniel said can anything good come out of Nazareth that was his first response about Jesus and God's going to use him as well Matthew the tax collector y'all know when we we looked at that real quick and Matthew the tax collector comes to know Christ He he tells him to follow him and what does he do he has a He has a dinner that night and invites all of the tax collector's friends and the sinners and the friends and come meet Jesus. And that's his heart. Thomas, most of y'all know him as Doubting Thomas, but Thomas was... (laughs) How many of y'all doubt? That's not a good nickname, right, for Thomas. Thomas was very courageous. And we know this in John chapter 11, verse 14 and 16. It says, And Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died... And for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now if they go back to Jerusalem, they could be killed. And what does Thomas say in verse 16? So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with Jesus, and we may die with him. Does that sound like somebody who's doubting? Do you doubt? What if I called you Doubting Michael? Like, you wouldn't want that nickname right just saying james the son of alpheus was known as the younger james that's in mark chapter 15 verse 40 uh, they were also uh, women looking on from a distance among from whom were mary magdalene Ma- uh, mary the mother of james the younger and of hosea uh, and of salome and then thaddeus actually had three names Uh, and and Thaddeus with Judas the son of James he was also known as Labaius but he's also in John chapter 14 verse 20 when they said Thaddeus he calls him Judas not Iscariot so one of his nicknames was Judas but it wasn't Iscariot Uh, you had Simon the zealot he was ready to overthrow the Roman government and wanted to see Jewish independence he was very zealous for that and then you had the wonderful Judas Iscariot who betrayed him in verse 19. And the liar, the thief, the betrayer. Uh, the But understand this. He was casting out demons. He was preaching. He was walking with the Lord. He was also the money handler. In John chapter 12, verse 6, it says he said to this, not because he had cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was to put into it. So he got caught. He was stealing from the money bag. His, His character was already being shown. His heart, he had free will and yet he chose to follow the devil and yet he was part of the apostles why Judas portrayed and, 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 and what that means is he, he was turned over to someone else's hands and so Jesus had foreknowledge what was going to happen um, to Judas he knew uh, people will say well you know did Jesus make a mistake by choosing him no Jesus don't make mistakes God don't make mistakes that's why he said did I not choose you the twelve and yet one of you is the devil he knew and so when we when we talk about the the betrayer in the midst of the, the disciples one of the things that we need to remember is that he was there and and there was a time when when they, Jesus says, what are, you know, no one is expect, uh, was suspected Judas. In, in John chapter 13 verse 22, it says, "When Jesus mentioned the betrayer and their midst, the other disciples were worried that, that it was them. They didn't know who it was. That's how, how bad he fooled everybody, except Jesus. No one suspected that it was Judas. But that's when He tells them in John 13, 27, what you're, what you're about to do, do it quickly. Jesus knew. But He faked the funk with the other apostles and was able to get away with it. And there are a lot of people faking in church. Acting like they, they're, they're following Christ and they're just attending. And, and that's not what, what God wants. And then there are also those that are being used by the devil that are in sheep's sheep's clothing. They're wolves in the church. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And it made me think about this. is because this whole time, Judas is on the wide road, and yet he's doing the work of the Lord. And I was like... Lord. that's how important our relationship is with God it's, it's understanding that there, you know at the end of the day it's like it, it tells us in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it by enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and, and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few Can I tell you something that's very important and we'll close up here? Life is not supposed to be easy. (laughs) So whoever sold you that bill of goods to tell you that it's all sunshine and rainbows, that's a lie. Okay? We have Jesus Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We go through things. We have trials and tribulations and suffering. But we have Christ. We have Christ. We need to remember that. There's joy in that. We talked about joy this past Wednesday. And, and Nehemiah and just the joy that they had. And we should have that same joy. And, and just be, you know, be understanding that there are some people that are, think they know Jesus. And they're on that wide road and that's and just where people are at application so number one we learned today how important it is to seek God in our decisions to pray do you spend time with God in prayer before making decisions and I actually added these onto the bulletin online Miss Donna so at the very third page the applications are on there so online so if you miss any of these Remember Luke chapter 6, verse 12, in the days he went out to the mountain, and this is talking about Jesus went to pray all night, and he continued to pray to God as he prayed for the apostles. We should be praying for our decisions that we make and and things that are going on in our lives. It should be a continual thing that we should be doing. Second application. How is your relationship with Jesus today? Jesus is going to spend much time with these men, these apostles that we're going to learn over the next... You know, however many chapters we have still left to go, um, and we're going to learn a lot about these apostles, but we're going to see Jesus spending time molding them and teaching them and walking with them and 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 growing them to become the early church. And we see what they do in the book of Acts, and it's absolutely amazing what God does. But do you allow God to do this in your life? to to mold and grow you cuz that's part of it you're you're his workmanship you're his masterpiece that you're that clay that he's going to mold and uh, you know sometimes he's got to get the jackhammer out and knock some stuff out and sometimes he'll use that little tiny scalpel to cut some stuff out and but he's molding you and 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 we need to be we need to be uh, the clay because the clay doesn't tell the, the creator well this is how I should look it's like my daughter when she painted her picture it's like well I would have done this well you didn't paint it <laughs> I painted it that's how I wanted it you know so just remember Jesus trained his apostles spent time with them and, and our relationship is very important uh, last one are you faking it in church Maybe you've been just a, that church zombie with no life, and and I one of the things I don't want you to be is on that wide road, and uh, that's something that's very important to me. Is like I, what I, my prayer is for this church is that people would grow in their relationship with God. I understand you're not going to be you're not perfect. I'm not. Okay, we're we're all imperfect people, and and, and it it's his perfect church not it's it's God it's Jesus but we're all imperfect but what I what I pray is that you pursue a relationship with Christ and and that you're continuing to seek out continuing to man look I know what it is I know guys that have struggled with addiction and they do good for a year two years three years and then boom they hit a they hit a wall and it's amazing because the Holy Spirit's still in them and it's ushering them back to that relationship. And God still loves them. God still has grace for them. And we need to remember that. God's not done with you. And wants to use you. And so on that, we'll close out in prayer. Next week we'll be finishing up the book of Mark chapter 3. Um, and this Wednesday, no service here, but online, yes. And so we'll be at VBS, so let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do come before you. We thank you so much for uh, today. We thank you for these men, these apostles that you spent time with, that you uh, groomed and, and grow and, and molded. And, and I pray that you do that with us, Lord, as we are your disciples. I pray that you... you uh, you mold and, and, and work the clay however you need to work it, Lord. Uh, help us to walk with you. Help us to, uh, to have that relationship where we're wanting to spend time with you, where we're wanting to, uh, to be with you. And, and at the same time, Lord, as we open up your word, allow us to hear from you. I thank you so much for, for all that you're doing in this church. I thank you for everyone here. I pray, Lord, that you just continue to bless us this Sunday. Allow us to think. I mean, at the end of the day, do we know somebody that's on that wide road? Maybe we need to call them and check on them. Maybe we know somebody that may be struggling with something today. Just check on them. That's the whole point of discipleship is is that we're here. You know, I love that it says that the built on the apostles and the prophets and then the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, you're part of that foundation. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And so I pray that, that you would take that step of faith and, and do what God has called you to do. And, and we thank you so much for this city. We thank you so much for, uh, for this uh, being able to be here in this building. And, and, and I thank you so much for these wonderful people that are here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you bless them, uh, bless their marriages, their families, uh, their, their just their businesses and, 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 and their work. Uh, we thank you, Father God, that uh, that we live uh, here in in, uh, in Texas, and we do pray for the state. We pray for our our leaders. Uh, we pray for unity. Uh, we pray for that division to to, to stop, and uh, and we just ask Lord that you just continue to uh, to be with us this Sunday. We thank you, and we ask, oh, we pray for we got one home that's not feeling well still, and we pray for her. And uh, just ask, Lord, you just continue to to heal her up, and and uh, and just uh, whatever whatever pain, whatever whatever itching, whatever any of that stuff that's going on, Lord, help her. Uh, and and uh, and I just pray again, and again for the Rosas family and just what they're going through right now. Uh, as they have multiple people in the hospital, and and uh, one on a ventilator and one in ICU. And uh, we just pray, Lord, for a healing, for a touching from you, Lord. Uh, We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.